It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, um, we're, we're pretty decimated on defense right now. We just got to, you know, keep doing what we, what we can do to try to help these, these players out. So, um, you know, you lose a guy like Hunter, obviously, that's, that's one of the wrong players getting hurt. Um, so, yeah, it's part of today's NFL. And welcome into a bonus scoop Tuesday, which means that it is time for an appearance by our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also the Scoop podcast right here on the Score North platforms. Zolgad, executive producer, Declan Goff, with you as well. All right, Dukes, let's start with the clip that we just saw. Mike Zimmer explaining that his team defensively right now pretty decimated coming off a loss at San Francisco on Sunday. Uh, We saw the news come out yesterday. Patrick Peterson goes on the COVID list. He is vaccinated. What can you tell us about his uh, potential availability or non-availability for Sunday's game in Detroit? Because obviously the depth up front is basically gone. How bad is the depth on in the secondary in back in the B now? I had somebody in the know, Judd, tell me on Monday that the list of defensive players dealing with something is 14. They are very decimated on defense. So Mike Zimmer might have undersold that slightly on Monday. In regards to Peterson, I am told he is vaccinated. I am told he tested positive. So it's a wait and see. Like if he produces multiple negative tests, if he's asymptomatic, there is the possibility that he can play on Sunday against Detroit. But I am told he is positive for COVID. I was also told, Judd, that at least one other person in the building, non-player, but somebody that's around players, has also tested positive, somebody that's close to the defensive back. So Mm. COVID remains a concern at TCO Performance Center. It's been an ongoing issue for what now? At least three, four weeks, and it continues. Okay, so is is Dalvin Tomlinson, who was not vaxxed and didn't play on Sunday, is he in line from what you hear to return against Detroit, or is that still going to be a a wait and see at the best? Yeah, I mean, the latter. I mean, he needs to produce two negative tests. As of now, I've not heard of that, but based on the timeline, I believe it's, what, 13 or 12 days, if I'm not mistaken, Judd, and quite frankly, I need to go back and read the exact protocol that the NFL sent out. But even though he is non-vaccinated, you're right about that. I believe there is a scenario where he could return. I think it was this Lions game. 
Dukes, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 10 days if you're not vaccinated that you can't be in the building again. And so so it would be close. But, yeah, I, I mean, that defense as currently constructed is about as de- depleted as you could possibly get because we saw Barr go down again on Sunday. So I don't know if he's going to bounce back and play. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he's one of the, the entire line. Is and, I mean, he's already been one of the guys, right? I mean, we've yeah. talked about the knee being a chronic issue that he's fighting through some stuff. But yeah, he went down on Sunday. So, I mean, he'll be among these guys that are listed tomorrow. So when we see that injury report Wednesday afternoon, you are going to see a number of defensive players. Cam Bynum, right? He injured his ankle in practice. That was last Wednesday. That wasn't Thanksgiving. It was the day before okay. Thanksgiving. A wait and see on Cam Bynum. There isn't necessarily fear that it's a long-term injury, but it's a tricky enough injury that we'll have to keep an eye on him as well. So I'm telling you, it is a ton of defensive guys banged up right now. Dalvin Cook, what what can you tell us? They, I, I know the report that came out on Monday was what? Separated shoulder, torn labrum, I believe. Mike said it's not torn, and, and Mike also said he's day-to-day, which is nonsense. Um, what I heard uh, yesterday was that they are actually hoping that he can come back after missing two games for the game at Chicago. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been told, Judd. I alluded to that in a tweet early Monday morning before some of the national reporters chimed in, and it was that, that it's you know best case comparable to 2019, where he sat out with a shoulder injury weeks 16 and 17, and then he was good to go for that first playoff game in New Orleans. The difference here would be, okay, so he misses the Lions game, he misses the Steelers game, that next game, Monday night football, Soldier Field. Presumably pretty darn cold that night, that surface. Is that really the game you want him returning for? But I was told, best case scenario, two weeks. So I certainly think it's more likely that than him being day-to-day, yeah. as Mike Zimmer said I'm not on Monday. Day-to-day. But I do take Mike Zimmer at face value on you know, until I hear otherwise, I've not heard that anything is torn. Okay. I was told dislocation, but not torn. What does the loss mean, Dugues, as far as what you've heard as uh, in terms of approach, too? So so they, they, ha- they had a chance to grab, what, the sixth playoff seed, um, go to six and five. They're now five and six. Washington won against Seattle last night, and so they actually hop above the Vikings into the seventh seed at five and six. The Vikings are now the eighth seed for for now. What's the expectation here? Because I do think the one interesting thing is the reset potentially on how the Wilfs perceive things. Um, And if they miss the play, I'm curious what the changes might be if they miss the playoffs as opposed to if they sneak in and if that would cause a change in thinking. Well, I mean, they can still get in, Judd. I mean, I think no, I know. they can get them in. I so think you beat the too. Lions, you beat the Steelers. Yep. Now, this might be a bit asinine because they typically split with Chicago, but you win in Chicago on Monday Night Football, then you beat the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, you trip up against the Rams, you trip up at Lambeau, but there's still a logical path Absolutely. to 9-8. and eight. Now, maybe they lose the game in Chicago. They finish 8-9. and nine. Heck, I know Vikings fans nervous about this game in Detroit. <laughs> You know, just because the Vikings play all these close games, but we know that 
they'll probably jump out to at least a seven-point lead at some point. I mean, they've done <laughs> that every single game. They haven't been over 500, Judd, for a while. Like, we need to go back to 2019, the mm-hmm. last time this team was over 500. I just know, I'll continue to repeat this, Judd, the internal expectations, including from ownership, certainly were higher than 9-8 and eight sneaking into the playoffs as the 7 seed. Thankfully, there's the extra playoff team now in each conference. So sneaking in, going back a few years, they wouldn't even get in at nine and eight. Now, heck, if they end up as the seven, let's say they win at two seed Green Bay in mid-January, make another run like they did in 2019, at least win one playoff game. Yeah, Certainly that could change some things. Mike Zimmer's on the hook for what next year? $8 million, approximately $8 million. There's been some back and forth on how much of his 2023 contract is guaranteed. I did have somebody close to Zim tell me a few weeks ago when I checked that it's fully guaranteed. So I'm led to believe that Zim is owed approximately $16 million. That would be a big fat check for the Wilfs to cut Hmm. to send him on his way. But I just know that they expected a lot more this year than nine and eight. But I'm just telling you my own personal opinion, there is a pathway Two, oh. nine and eight. Yes, it includes Agreed. winning in Chicago, which they haven't done a whole lot the last yep. couple decades. But this Bears team stinks. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they can beat the Lions, the Steelers on a short week where Pittsburgh has to travel to that Thursday night game here. Then you win in Chicago. You have, what, an extra three or four days to prepare for that Monday night football game in Chicago. Then you beat the Bears here. I, I just I don't think that is nuts to think, Judd. I agree completely, and and they they could m- make this thing. And look, I get that. I'm just curious if making the playoffs or or if they, they do to your point what they did in 2019 and they win a playoff game. I'm curious if that would change the thinking. As well, as I mean, I think it changed the thinking in 2019, right? I do too. I, mean, I but think that's there's a little bit of precedent about. there, right? Like, you know, we've talked about this before. If they lose that game in New Orleans. Yeah. It's entirely possible we're talking about Kevin Stefanski currently. Zim's in Dallas, baby. Head coach. Zim's in Dallas. And yeah, maybe traded. Zim's in Dallas. Yeah, so I don't know how to answer that, Judd. You know, I mean, I don't necessarily foresee a scenario where they're winning that first playoff game, but, heck, I don't think there's any dominant team in the NFC. It's not like I'd love that matchup, Vikings at Packers, on, what, January 16th? You know, I don't think that's a real favorable matchup, but I would love the storyline of the Vikings potentially ending Aaron Rodgers' Packers career. Mm-hmm. You know, this Tampa team doesn't blow me away, but sure, if you're going to Tampa opening playoff weekend, I don't necessarily like that matchup. But if it happens to be Vikings at Cardinals again, I don't think the Vikings need to curl up in the fetal position at such a thought. So, I mean, crazier things could certainly happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, I think 9-8 and eight can get them in. You know, Philadelphia losing over the weekend, you know, somewhat surprisingly, that Philadelphia schedule is incredibly favorable the rest of the way. But they don't do a whole lot for me. I don't think that Washington football team, you know, should do a whole lot for a lot of people. J.D. McKissick went down with what looks like a pretty serious injury last night. He's a key cog in that offense. So, yeah, I mean, can they be better than Philadelphia, Washington? They have the tiebreaker over Carolina. Can they be better than Atlanta? I think it's reasonable to think they can be. Yeah, that that last seed is not going to be a quality football team. 
I got a question off of our discussion on bonus scoop last week. We touched on this briefly, but we didn't uh, flesh it out completely. You mentioned something that I've heard, which is the, the Vikings offensive transformation, especially against the Chargers and Packers, was in part due to the fact that there were uh, potentially more chefs in the kitchen when it came to uh, game planning and even even in-game decisions. Uh, have, have you heard more about that in the past week? Because I just stood by my statement, which is nobody changes as much as the Vikings changed unless somebody else actually, I think, enters the equation. Well, it's like the Gophers. Go back to the Indiana and Wisconsin games. Right. I mean, there was a philosophy change offensively for the Gophers. Lo and behold, we now see, which we'll get to, I'm sure, Mike Stanford Jr., not having his contract renewed, the contract expiring in late January. On the Vikings, yeah. So last Tuesday, one week ago, we both alluded to the idea that quarterback's coach, Andrew Janoco has been more involved. I brought it up. You doubled down saying you've heard about it. We did not talk about that, you know, pre-taping. I mean, that just came out spontaneously that both of us have heard that. So, yeah, I checked after our conversation. Judd, I don't know exactly how to quantify it, but I feel very strongly that Janoco has been more involved going back to post-Baltimore, going back to that week leading into the Chargers game, that he is more involved game planning-wise, on game day, play calling-wise. He is the last one to talk to Kirk. I mean, he's the one that technically relays the play into Kirk. But again, I don't know exactly how to quantify it. I'm not enough of a you know intricate football mind to explain it. But I do feel confident, Judd, in in telling you, telling the listeners and the YouTube viewers that Andrew Janoco is more involved today than he was, say, a month ago in terms of game planning and in terms of play calling. Interesting stuff. Uh, twins, first of all, congratulations. Because because you as the scoop meister, um, I, I think for about a month or more, had been strongly suggesting that something was going to get done between the Twins and the Byron Buxton camp. And lo and behold, I think around the time that the Vikings kicked off Sunday, news came down, seven years, $100 million for Buxton, plenty of incentives. But congratulations, nice work, because I think when I brought up the subject of Buxton potentially being traded, which is what people feared, you basically said, slow the roll there. I think something gets done, and now it looks to be done. Yeah, I mean, the Twins higher-ups had led some employees, upper echelon employees, to believe that something was going to get done. Now, where I waffled a little bit, thank you for the love, where I did waffle a little bit was, you know, in Carlsbad at the GM meetings earlier this month, the Twins did listen. It wasn't the Twins, though, seeking out the Miami Marlins or the Philadelphia Phillies or the New York Yankees, but they certainly listened to pitches. So I figured if they didn't, you know, put up the Heisman, right, like don't come talk to us, I thought maybe there was a tiny chance. But I did think the athletic story, you know, I think a lot of people came away reading that thinking, yeah, he's going to get traded. And I just I never I never was in that boat. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly surprised. Now, personally, if I were Buxton, I would have waited. Yeah, I just, I would have. I think he could have earned more on the open market a year from now. But 
He enjoys the security. The full no trade clause was the biggie, Jed. I tweeted that out on Sunday, you know, hearing that from from multiple people, you know, both sides, that that the no trade, which the Twins were not willing to include early in the negotiations, you know, granting the full no trade clause, that in many ways pushed this thing over the edge. We should have a chance to talk to Buxton, whether it's later today or maybe more likely tomorrow, but at some point before the – you know, the thing shuts down that the owners lock out the players, you know, late Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Yep. Uh, there is an expectation. Byron Buxton is in town for a physical to put pen to paper. So the expectation is the twins will hold a Byron Buxton press conference, you know, sometime in the next 24 to 28 hours. So we'll be able to hear from him, but I think he will tell us that the full no trade was very, very important. But it's a great deal for the Twins. Like, I applaud the Twins for finding a way to get it done. Heck, if Byron wants to finish sixth in MVP voting or eighth in MVP voting, the Twins will happily pay those incentives. Mm-hmm. Pitching-wise, um, we have certainly seen a flurry of activity. To your point, before the uh, before the players are, are locked out at some point. Hey, by the way, Wednesday. Jeff, I just yeah. got a – it's a minor scoop, but hey, it just came into my phone. I don't even know who this player is. I'll have to Google him. Maybe Declan can do us a favor. Curtis Terry. Curtis Terry signing a minor league deal with the Twins. It includes an invitation to spring training, Major League Baseball spring training. Now, I don't even know if that's out there or not, but I just got the text. Mm, okay. And again, I don't know Let's who Curtis see. Terry is. Yeah. I have some knowledge. Spring training. I apologize. I don't know what position and he is. I don't training. know anything about him. Uh, he played Dukes, He Not played in 13 games for the Rangers, the Major League Club, last year. He had just four hits and 45 at-bats. Outside of that, um, a very good minor league career with just a cup of coffee in AAA. He jumped up from high A all the way to AAA from 2019 to 2021. He sat out 2020. Um, so a probably just a, a guy could potentially put, you know, push Jake Cave or something. He's 25 years old, a 13th-round pick in uh, 2015 by the Texas Rangers. All right. Well, I mean, maybe in some ways he replaces Rob Remsnyder, who's off yeah. to the Red Sox in a minor league deal. So, Declan, if you want to tweet that out just so we can get credit on the Twitter sphere, go ahead because I'm not capable of multitasking. You I'm looking it. at my phone, but I don't think I'm capable of tweeting and talking to Judd at the same time. But if you want to tweet it out there, you know, source tells score north slash KSTP or whatever that the Twins are signing Curtis Terry to a minor league deal and includes a an invite to, to major league spring training go for it. If you don't want to, whatever. It's not a huge scoop. So I apologize for interrupting you, Joe, but that just came into my phone. Gotcha. Uh, so pitching-wise, can we expect the Twins to possibly make a signing before the, uh, before the players get locked out on Wednesday? Because we have had a flurry of activity. There are clearly nerves, and there should be on both sides probably, about what baseball is going to look like when a new CBA does get done, which is probably going to take months. I'm led to believe, I'm not making this up, like I was texted this last night by somebody directly involved, mm-hmm. that the Twins have at least one offer out to a major league free agent, not to yep. Curtis Terry, but to a major league free agent. So, you know, it takes two to tango. Does that free agent, does that free agent's agent agree to what the twins are offering in the next, you know, 24 hours to be determined. But I can tell you, Judd, uh, that the twins have at least one offer out right now. They have conducted some zoom meetings with free agents. So 
behind the, th- the scenes, things have, have ramped up considerably the last week or so. Are there any names that you can attach to this? Well, I mean, I would say look at any list of remaining free agent starters. And of those names, the Twins have at least inquired on 85 to 90%. Kikuchi, you know, the Mariners free agent. Rodon, the White Sox free agent. There has been a conversation on Stroman, the Mets free agent. I would say those three maybe are three of the better guys remaining. They did inquire on Robbie Ray before he agreed to terms on Monday with the Seattle Mariners. I'm led to believe the Twins were not heavily involved on Ray. And, like, we can debate, Judd. Like, I can sit here and tell you the Twins have interest. But to me, it doesn't really ramp up until I hear of an actual offer being made. So the Twins can kick a lot of tires. They can make all these inquiries, send texts to agents, you know, listen to some pitches from some agents. You know, there's perceived interest. But until they make an offer, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I can tell you on guys off the board, like they were very much in for a second straight off season on Corey Kluber. He agreed to terms with the Tampa Bay Rays over the weekend. He's in his mid-30s, some health issues, very good career. But at this point, like, this might be it. Like, Corey Kluber may retire after the 2022 season. So for one final hurrah, like, I don't think he was ever coming to Minnesota. I think there's a better chance he can win with the Rays than with the Twins. So he's off to Tampa. You know, they made an offer to Andrew Henney. You know, they had some interest in Steve Matz before he agreed to terms with the Cardinals, four years, $44 million. No sense, Judd, the Twins were willing to, to pay Matz that, but – like, I'll tell you, just the pattern there, those are lefties. And so when I mention Kikuchi, you know, when I mention Rodon, it's Tyler Anderson. Is he also a lefty? I know he's he's a free agent out there. I'd have to look that up. But, like, look at the free agent lefty starters still on the board. Most of those guys very much appeal to the Twins. I've been asked about Danny Duffy. I don't know on Duffy. I can try to check on him. But I can tell you Rodon, Kikuchi, I'm led to believe some interest in Anderson. Although, again, I, I need to double-check, Judd, if Anderson's a lefty. I think he is, but I could be wrong on that. But if you look at the lefty starters, I know adding a lefty does hold some appeal to the Twins. doesn't mean that they, they will sign a lefty or trade for a lefty, but I can tell you they certainly have done a lot of homework on lefty starters. Got it. Okay, what, what can you uh, tell us about the reports that surfaced yesterday? Mike Sanford Jr., who you, whose name you brought up earlier, will not be back for, what, a third year as the Gophers play caller now technically he, he was the co-oc so he didn't have the job single-handedly but he did call the plays and i will say this it's probably a strike against you when the only people that run the ball more than your team are the service academies so will pj fleck look inward or probably out for this uh for his next play caller and offensive coordinator well, I mean, there are some internal candidates. I mean, Matt right. Simon, wide receivers coach, co-offensive coordinator, called the plays in the Outback Bowl victory over Auburn. He is fully capable. He's a Farmington guy, so he's got strong ties here to the Twin Cities. But at some point, if he's not given an opportunity to call plays full-time, I imagine he'll start to look elsewhere. So, like, I would grant him the opportunity, but Clay Patterson internally certainly has – has experience in, in this regard, has worked with quarterbacks at least. So, I mean, he'd be another name. Like internally, those are the two names, Patterson and Simon. But could they look elsewhere? Sure. Heck, Kirk Sharaka 
is an offensive analyst at West Virginia. Now, he is really, really close with the West Virginia head coach, Neil Brown. And, you know, would Kirk want to come back? But I can tell you, when Tanner Morgan was at his best, Kirk Shiraka was his position coach. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think it's random that Tanner has regressed with Kirk Shiraka gone. So I just know, now would you make a one-year hire? Tanner Morgan's got the one year left, then he's gone. Like, would you think about trying to bring back Kirk Shiraka? That's more me opining. I don't have any insight on that. But I do know that Tanner Morgan and Kirk Shiraka were really, really close. So that would be something I would look at. But, yeah, I mean, when you're eighth in the Big Ten in scoring, when you're, what, 115th nationally in passing, yeah. when you're 90th, you know, in, in total offense, 96th, whatever it is, like – Yes, you're not going to renew the contract when the contract expires at the end of January. I will tell you, I mean, Sanford Jr. enjoyed living here, you know, found a house in Plymouth. Like, I'm pretty sure this is a bit of a surprise that that as of a few weeks ago, I don't think he foresaw, you know, him needing to to pack up, you know, with his wife and kids and and move on. But like this is a move that that makes sense to me, right? Like Oh, absolutely. You, just, you watch the Gophers. Yeah, it was awful. A lot of times we're just scratching our heads saying, you know, what are they doing? Now, yes. not all on Sanford Jr. Like, that Iowa loss is going to sting me for a while. Yep. Think about early in that game, Coke Keith, open, back of the end zone. Morgan waited too long to throw the ball. Think about the end of that game. The Gophers didn't have a chance to throw a Hail Mary because Tanner Morgan took that sack. Like, is that Mike Sanford Jr.'s fault? Like there were some decision making, you know, parts of of Tanner's game. Yeah, you know, going back to twenty twenty, the last two years, where you were like, "What is he doing? What is he thinking?" But that is PJ's guy. There is zero surprise that Tanner Morgan is back. Heck, PJ Fleck with Dunkers way back in the summer alluded to this possibility. Tanner didn't walk on Saturday for the Senior Day ceremony. The signs were everywhere that Tanner Morgan would be back in 2022. So to be clear then, will there be no competition in camp for the starting QB job there? Well, I mean, I'd like to think there would be competition, but Zach Annex did in the portal, Jacob Clark in the portal. The Gophers right now have eight players. There's another player that was added to the portal this morning, a wide receiver that 99% of Gophers fans wouldn't know, but you know, it's free agency in college sports, right? Like, you know, just about every big college program will have a bunch of guys in the portal. So this isn't unique to the Gophers. They did bring in the kid whose name I would botch, but they brought him in a couple of years ago from the state of Illinois. You know, like they think pretty highly of him. Heck, we've seen Cole Kramer throw it a little bit, the Eden Prairie kid, Carter Coughlin's cousin, but I don't foresee a scenario where Cole Kramer is the starting quarterback. They have the good recruit coming in from the state of South Dakota, Knuth, but, you know, he'll redshirt. You know, there's no reason to thrust him right into the spotlight. So, I mean, it would come down to the kid from Illinois and Tanner. But, like, with Tanner back, no like, Tanner's go- going to be this team's starting quarterback, Jed. I just – I don't see a scenario where he's not this team's starting quarterback. Do we know what P.J. sees there? Well, I mean, he sees a guy that, you know, in P.J.'s words, is elite in, in every facet of the game. You know, not just, you know, at the line of scrimmage. I'm talking – you know, Monday through Friday at the team facility. You know, I mean, he's he's a caretaker. He's a game manager. You know, more often than not, he's not going to make mistakes. 
My worry is he's so short. Like it's one to two times a game where a ball gets tipped, batted down at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like the Wisconsin you know, how many game. of those tips end up up in the air and turn into more interceptions as opposed to being batted to the ground. It's just, there's too many of those, you know, but PJ's going to tell you he's one of the all time winningest quarterbacks in program history. That's more an indictment on the program's history, but Tanner has played a ton of football that experience matters. I do think Chris Altman bell. I was told this morning, Jed, by somebody that would know that Chris Altman bell more likely back than not. Now I was told a couple weeks ago, most of these guys, be going pro so like Falele, no surprise I expect Bui Mafe to go pro but I, I thought Chris Ottman Bell would test the waters but now I'm led to believe I checked this morning you know here on Tuesday morning late Tuesday morning I think there's a better chance than not that Chris Ottman Bell is back so you've got Dalen Wright back you've got Chris Ottman Bell back Revan Span Ford can be more of a you know a positive impact on the passing game I mean Tanner Morgan certainly will have weapons to throw to So I think P.J. likes that synergy, likes that chemistry. He's comfortable with Tanner, that he has won a lot of games with Tanner as this team's starting quarterback. Final scoop, sir. Clear out the scoops mailbag. Yeah, I wrote a few things down. So 7 o'clock is the deadline for the Twins to tender their arbitration-eligible guys. The two question marks would be Juan Manaya, Danny Coulomb. You know, guys like Taylor Rogers, Mitch Garver, you know, Louis Arise. Tyler Duffy. I mean, those are those are no brainers. The question is, do they do they work out 2022 contractual terms right now, or just extend the tender? Caleb Fieldbar is another no brainer. You know, uh, so I'll be tracking that as the day goes on. Uh, I can tell you on Duffy, there hasn't been any talks of of extending him beyond 2022. Maybe eventually, but but not at this moment. Uh, former Wolves coach Ryan Saunders is with the Golden State Warriors this week, so he spent some time. Earlier this season with the Denver Nuggets, or that was way back in training camp, he's spending some time with Steve Kerr and the Warriors this week. I caught up with Dane Danger yesterday. He's the Park Center High School stud, was at Baylor the last couple of years. He entered his name into the portal. Everything happened really fast. He committed to Illinois over the weekend. Good player, 6'9", 6'10". He's to work on his body a little bit more, but he's been in the gym a bunch. In fact, when I talked to him on Monday, he just gotten out of the gym. He was in downtown Chicago working with a trainer. He was actually born in the state of Illinois, moved here, middle school. But he's got a lot of ties to the state of Illinois. You know, that program, the Illini, is a good program. They've developed big men. You know, so the Gophers tried. I mean, he acknowledged that there was some text messaging going on with Gopher staff members, including Ben Johnson. But everything moved really fast. There's also somebody on the Illinois staff that used to train him. So there's a personal connection him with the Illinois staff. He has to finish up online classes at Baylor for the semester. He'll then try to get a waiver from the NCAA to be eligible second semester for the Illini. That's a little bit up in the air. He's comfortable if the NCAA says no, or he sits out this year, you know, then then starts clean at Illinois next year. Also, I should mention that Zach Anikstead said he would talk to me. I, I swapped messages with Zach so I'm hoping to, to track him down on Wednesday. I'll be curious just to hear his thinking. You know where I stand, Judd. At some point, I would have given Zach a chance. That he beat out Tanner for the job mm-hmm. way back in 2018. You know, I mean, he was a good player at IMG Academy, right? So going back to high school, like I just I think he should have been given a chance at some point, even before the Iowa debacle. Just at some point, should have been given an opportunity. So I'll be curious to hear his thoughts. But I would imagine... He'll be able to start somewhere. Like, and I think he's good enough to start 
or a power five. Heck, you know, if you're Scott Frost at Nebraska, like I might have interest in Zach Anikstead. If I'm Brett Bielema at Illinois, I would have interest in Zach Anikstead, you know. And so I'll, I'll hopefully hear from him Wednesday. You know, I'm guessing here in the first 24 hours, a bunch of schools have reached out. So I'll be curious to hear from him, you know, what schools are showing the most interest. Awesome stuff, sir. And we'll talk to you for more scoopage uh, on Thursday's Mackie and Judd show. Sounds good, Judd. And this Wolves run right now is fun. I saw you on TV last night. You had some good seats last night. You know, I mean, they haven't had a run like this since 2004. What is it, eight wins in their last nine games? Yeah, oh, yeah. They have an identity. They're a top five defense in the league. Heck, win last night. You know, no Beverly, no McDaniels, no Vanderbilt. I'm Beverly. Should be back in the next week to 10 days. Vanderbilt, McDaniels, it's not COVID. Uh, They tested negative. They were at the arena. So it is, you know, a flu bug, but those should not be long-term injuries. But when they've had a healthy roster, like think about it, they lost a couple games to the Clippers earlier this month without D'Angelo Russell, right, who's been phenomenal. He deserves a lot of love. He really enjoys playing for Chris Finch. Don't think he liked playing for the aforementioned Ryan Saunders, but he really enjoys playing for Chris Finch. It shows. Mm -hmm. Like D'Angelo Russell is engaging on defense. I really love what I'm seeing from D'Angelo Russell. When this team has been fully healthy with Beverly – They've been pretty darn good. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they will minimum be in the play-in tournament, that we will see, depending on how you view the play-in tournament, but games that really, really matter at the end of the season. Agreed. All right, Dukes, talk to you Thursday. And the Wolves are scouting a ton. They were at Iowa, Virginia last night. I just I can't remember the last time the Wolves were out and about at so many college games. Four draft picks come June. See you, Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.